Hey, what's going on, brother? It's all good, baby. I'm just excited to get this podcast going that we've been talking about for quite a while. So let's do it. afternoon everybody good afternoon good evening good night <laughs> welcome to the very first episode of the watch read and play podcast also known as the rap we'll be joining you on a regular basis chatting about some of our favorite topics uh, which primarily include novels movies comics and video games my uh, government name is john a lot of people call me mitch i'm happy to be doing this show with my baby brother jamal and we're a couple of uh, couple of nerds, geeks. What do you want to call it? I don't know. Nowadays, nerd is kind of cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely down with that. Yeah, we like, we find ourselves a lot of times just talking a lot about movies, comic books, video games, and just I don't know a lot of things that interest us, and we think a lot of other people might be interested. So we figured we'd um, just bring some of those discussions to a podcast. Yeah, because a lot of times we, you know. We'll sit around and, and kick ideas around, and, and then a lot of times, you know, I, I think other people are probably having the same discussion slash <laughs> battles, you know, about, um, you know, about everything. And a battle of wits. Battle, battle of wits, <laughs> right? Sometimes I wonder if we have wits between us, but I, I think we do. I think we do. And, and that being said, most of the time when we do this personally, we're also having a beer. So that's the thing. And today... Being that this is our very first time, this is also yeah. a special occasion. Right? Should, we, should we tell them our our, our our word for beer? Yeah. Hassenfepper. 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 Yes. So if you hear us talking about Hassenfepper, <laughs> that means that we are sipping on something. Don't ask why. One of these days we'll let you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the Hassenfepper of the day is... Not anything I'm particularly fond of. We're normally kind of, we're beer snobs. Yeah. Right? Should I put it that way? Yeah, we're kind of snobby with beers. We're both in the like pale ales and IPAs. Yeah, and I ain't got a front. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah. A lot of the real uppity stuff, but I like the simplest stuff too. But today is actually, it's the, it's our father's birthday, our late father's birthday. Yep. And in memory of him, we're going to start this podcast off with his favorite beer. Which I affectionately call Rock Gut. Mm, mm -hmm. Miller Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. Champagne. Champagne. Yep. That is not an oxymoron at all. Not at all. (laughs) Yep. Yep, He would be 73 today, and this was his uh, libation of choice. And he would frequently drink it in a large mason glass full of crushed ice. And by large, not just... A big mason, no, like a large mason jar. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, quart jar, easy. Yeah, easy. And he had, a, we'll, we'll get more into yes. things about our dad later on, but yeah. let's just say his he could hold one of those jars in one hand easy. Yeah, and you will barely see the jar. Yeah. <laughs> all okay. right, so my stomach is already hurting as soon as I saw this thing, so yep. let's, all right, let's all practice. Right. All right, cool. All right. Uh, Hey, real nice color to this beer, don't you think? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, if you say so. so yeah. Kind of looks exactly the same pouring into the glasses. It's gonna cook late, look later coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers! Cheers! All right. Okay, cool. That is so tasty. Champagne of beers. I see why all you high life drinkers actually like this. It's pretty okay. tasty. <clears throat> all right. All right, so today's uh, today's main topic we're going to get into is uh, 80s movies, and specifically, what made 80s action movie heroes so awesome? You know, the, that was pretty much the heyday, you know, of of uh, of action movies. So we got, you know, we got a list of uh, guys we thought really knocked it out of the park in the 80s. We're going to chop it up a little bit about them. Um, and, uh, 
you know, hopefully you, uh, hopefully you can vibe with some of what we're talking about. Maybe you agree, maybe you don't. And but uh, it's our show, so here we go. And and my one one thing I think that makes this a pretty cool topic is because there's a whole lot of '80s nostalgia right now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right between movies and TV shows. Um, Everything's '80s right now. Yeah, but and but the thing that they never, I don't think they'll ever really get is what made those action heroes, like, so amazing. It's all 80s stuff, um, like Stranger Things, yep. um, which is awesome. Yeah, You know, oh, we all absolutely. we all love those movies, but yeah. it's something about the action heroes, the, the man's man. Yes. No offense to the ladies. It's not saying that only a guy could be an action star, but it's just something different about about those dudes back in, you know, yeah. back in the day. And what was, you know, what can trip you up a little bit is a lot of times when you think the 80s, you're automatically... Uh, first thing that comes to mind is like synthesizer music, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, but you know, and in, in digging into a little bit, there were some movies that came out in like in the late eighties, you know, that didn't have that same kind of like musical tone. So you forget that they were actually really, you know, part of that, that time frame. All right. So, uh, You're right. once they found the synthesizer, they just overdid it with that thing. Oh yeah. 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 It's everything, everything from action movies to like, you know, anything uh, sword and sorcery based, it was all like, you know, like like uh, Jimmy Smith, Hammond B. Organ synthesizer type stuff, you know. So anyway, um, big time, you know, near the top of the list, if not at the top of the list, 80s action star, Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. And that, yeah, that's somebody whose record kind of just goes unsaid. You don't even have to even. The, all the Chuck Norris facts that came out are purely just because of how huge and how larger than life that guy was. Um, yeah, the lone wolf. <laughs> Quick trivia: who who broke Chuck Norris's neck? Who broke his neck? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I know this. You do? Oh, I know this. No, Bruce Lee didn't break his neck. I think he did in Return of the no, Dragon no, no, when they find no. the Coliseum. I think he did break his did neck. He? I know he broke Jackie Chan's neck in End of the Dragon. I think <laughs> not, he did. Not literally his no. character's neck. He yes, of definitely course. Definitely did. Yeah, that was definitely Jackie Chan. Of course. Chan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he got Jackie Chan twice in that movie in End of the Dragon. <laughs> you know, but anyway, yeah, with Chuck yeah. Norris. Jackie Chan's stunt days. Yeah. yeah. You know, everything from missing in action, the whole nine, and. Just that that shot was that missing in action when he rose up slow out of the water and turned with the yes. machine gun everybody you know it's that's like, the classic that's yeah. the classic that's shot the classic Chuck classic Norris shot. shot absolutely yeah my favorite uh, just as the Chuck Norris facts go even though this is played out now I yep. guess but one of my favorite ones was that it was like Chuck Norris doesn't do push ups he pushes the earth down oh there you go yeah that's that's one of my favorites right there yeah but, yeah yeah. Yeah, nice little homage to Chuck Norris right there. All those facts when that actually came out. Yeah, I remember seeing him on um on some daytime talk show, yeah. and they were actually talking about it. And he came on with a whole list of his favorite ones, just to show just how much love he got and how much he appreciated. He played right into it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it it was just a real classy thing. He had one movie. I forget which movie it was, but one of the lines was, you know, the guy said, "Look, don't step on any toes." And he looked back at the guy and said, "Look, I don't step on toes." I step on next. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not love that? How can you not love that? Absolutely. All right. So Chuck Norris, definitely. All right. Uh, Van Damme. Another big 80s action star. Jean-Claude Van Damme, who had a resurgence as of late. I've always been a huge Van Damme fan. I'm a huge fan. I like I like the acting Van Damme of yes. late. Yes. Yeah. His yes. acting Very is actually much fantastic. So. Yeah. yeah. Extremely probably underrated actor. You know, Huge Van Damme fan. And you know what's so dope? Um, yeah. Like, everybody knows Bloodsport and yeah. Kickboxer. Kumite, and, right? Yeah. yeah. And the crazy thing is they're pretty much the exact same movie with a yeah. slightly different plot, right? But absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Just seeing them do a roundhouse kick. Yeah. Um, I think I think there was one shot in Bloodsport when he, he hit, what was the bad guy's name? Was it Chun-Li? No, it wasn't, wasn't Bolo in Bloodsport? It was Bolo, okay. or whatever his, the character's I forget, name was. I forget his name. Yeah. Either with Bolo. Yeah. He did like that roundhouse kick to Bolo. They showed it slow mo like three times in a row. Like yeah. for some reason, Bolo mm-hmm. just stood there and took three of those roundhouse kicks yeah. in slow mo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fantastic, um, Van Damme. Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite Van Damme movie? 
Is it one of Ooh. those? You know, it's funny. I I really enjoy all the new stuff, like JVCD yeah. or uh, was it John Clef and Johnson or whatever the the Amazon yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, JVCD I think yeah. was amazing. Yeah, it's really really good. Yeah, anybody, if y'all can see it, you'll find it in the two dollar bin at any store that sells videotapes. Yeah, yeah. It's, but <laughs> they were pretty much giving it away. But it's a fantastic it's a movie. Fantastic movie. Yeah, it should have made yeah. more money than it did. I mean, I liked Universal Soldier. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. I like, like Nowhere to Run, all those all classics. Those. They were Absolutely. just enjoyable to watch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Again, it's like, you know, um, that formula in the 80s and stuff just worked, especially with him. You know, like he, he made fun of himself uh, in the Amazon series to where it's like, you know, 15 guys would line up and he'd take them on like one at a <laughs> one time in a single file line. <laughs> but that's what, you know. It's, that's right. You know, I, I think those movies, they just took you to, you know, it's just like with a good book or whatever, or a good movie. Anytime you, you can suspend your disbelief, mm-hmm. and those movies, you know that that time period, I think it was a lot easier um, to do that. You yeah. know, and you didn't even have to be able to speak English good. No, absolutely. that's one cool thing. It's yeah. like America was such a melting pot that guys like that, and yeah. even Arnold, guys like you know, yeah. are, are obviously Arnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they even with the slight language barrier that was there, even Jackie Chan got a ton of love here yeah. because of the fact that it was just about the the art and everybody really just loved to see explosions and flashy yeah. stuff happen. Yeah. But but people put in a lot more work, I think, back then. There was no CGI. No. And yeah, know, ex- exactly. Yeah, it was actually, yeah. it was it was fighting. Some of it was cheesy, but it was just, it was just really cool in a different way. We talk about Universal Soldier. His co-star in that was Dolph Lundgren, mm-hmm. right? You know, who broke out in the eighties and uh, Rocky Four after he, you know, uh, beat the brakes off Apollo Creed or whatever. Was that a segue? I think it was a segue. I think that was a segue. Not the kind of... that you ride on, the kind that you throw out. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was smooth. I like how you did that. I try. Yeah. I do try. That's right. Dolph does. He deserves a spot. He does That's deserve right. a spot. Anytime you got a movie when there's a brother in the corner yelling, throwing the damn towel, you deserve a spot. <laughs> That was that. That was Rocky Four, right? You know what I mean? Yes. You know? Yes, I think so. Throw, throw the, throw the, throw the, throw the towel. No, was no. The great thing about that was that, um, at at it started out, Rocky was getting, he was beating the brakes off of Rocky, and yeah. I think Rocky said, "He's not a man. He's a machine." That's true. Right? That was the first. Time but then the by the out. end of the fight, yeah. By the end of the fight, he was saying about Rocky, he's yeah. not. What do you say? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, he's not a machine. He's a man. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I got it backwards, right? I forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was like that. It was like a, but it was like he basically got the same respect right back to him. I think he said something like, "He said he's not a man. He's a machine." Did yeah. He, did he play the Punisher in one of the? He did. First, he he did. played it once. once. I don't know right. if he played okay. it first. It was another cat who played gotcha. him up uh, before. Right. Like Travolta was in it. Oh no, no, yeah, you, he was the bad guy. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, um, it was this other cat where Travolta was the bad guy. Yeah, the same guy that's in Deep Blue Sea. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. yes. That's oh, guy. oh, isn't that the guy from uh, um, The Expanse? The detective. The detective. The detective. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I'm, I just, Yo, his name is I didn't even realize that. That is yeah, him. That's him. Okay. That's him. Absolutely, you know. Yep. Definitely. All right. Who else we got here? Christopher Lambert looking ass dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now. Looks a lot like Christopher Lambert. He looks a whole lot like Christopher yeah. Lambert, just without the accent. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lambert. Islander. Know, you know, now will we put him in there? Negative. Negative, right? Negative. No, no, no. Christopher Lambert was cool. Yeah. But Raiden was not exactly No. <laughs> That's just, all, right. all Raiden did was sit back and somehow yeah. just yeah, show yeah. up and save everybody and then disappear again and yeah, yeah. you know. You know what's he was funny? Like, he was like, like Gandalf. You know who he reminds me of? That whole kind of like Highlander Raiden kind of character. Or for some reason Lambert reminds me a lot of um the dude with uh Changes his faces on Game of Thrones. Uh, Jake and Hagar. Yeah, I don't know why. He yeah. reminds me of Jake and Hagar, you know, who I mm. saw on something else recently, but that's another story. Oh, the cat who played him? Yeah, absolutely. You see how, there we go, going off on a tangent. Stick yeah. back to the script. All right, my bad. <laughs> okay, who you got next? Hey, obviously another segue. Still on, Rocky IV, right? Uh, oh, right. yeah. Who, who was a bigger action star? The only person you can say was a bigger action star Potentially in the '80s, other than Stallone, was, you know who? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, I know it yeah. was, and, and that's they. That's why they joked about it with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
So what was your favorite Stallone movies from the 80s? My favorite Stallone movies from the 80s? Um, I'm a, I'm a Rambo fan. I mean, First Blood, was that 70s? I think the first 80s? one was in the... I yeah. think the first one was late 70s. I think, you know, yeah. well, the first one they first called Rambo, too, first, yeah. you know, First Blood 2 or whatever. I'm yeah. pretty sure that was early 80s. But, you know, Stallone, hey, when he tried to go in and do a bunch of comedies and everything, that's where he kind of fell off. I'm an over-the-top fan. My favorite Stallone movie, my right. kid sensibility, over-the-top is my favorite. Yeah. So it's not even an action movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's even like some of my favorite Eastwood movies are like, you know, uh, Every Which Way We Loose. You know what no, I mean? Stuff like that. Just regular movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But my favorite uh, Stallone moment is, uh, pardon me. Ugh. Stuff is gross. Um, <laughs> Don't knock the. I'm knocking it. I'm knocking it. Um, and I'm still drinking it. So my favorite Stallone moment is actually, I was watching, I went back and I watched Rambo again. Just within the past year, I watched First Blood. I watched two, three, all the way up until the last one, to Last Blood. Okay. And uh, I show little Jamal the trailer for Rambo 2. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> and it, anybody listening, do yourself a favor and go look at the trailer for Rambo 2. It's the most hilarious thing ever. Because it, no, it's not even. There's a lot of stuff blowing up, but it's the way it starts. It starts just showing his cat's biceps. His arms are just oh, corded, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just sweaty, and he's just straining his arms, and he's doing something, and his arms are just jerking. Like y- y'all can't see me right now, but I'm actually moving my arms like that, and it is funny. As as it goes down closer to his hands, it turns out he's lacing up his boots. Oh, it's hilarious. I forgot about Dude, that. Dude, he's lacing his, right boots. Yeah. his boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if yeah. you watch it, it's the funniest thing ever. So little Jamal, he saw it, and he just dies laughing because he's like, he's tying his shoes. What the heck? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Like, how the hell do you do a trailer where somebody's is, is literally showing how muscular this cat is and all this? The whole first part of the trailer is just him tying his boots, and it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. So yeah, Stallone. That that's pretty bad right there. Um, Do you think that those guys back then? I mean, is it? You think it's more the genre or the way they approached it? You know, because we're talking about what made that group of guys so awesome in those in those movies. I think my opinion is just that they were just it was unapologetic. There was no attempt to. I don't think there was any attempt back then to, it wasn't anything pretentious about it. It wasn't, not all of those movies were just trying to to fit into a certain mold. Right. It was just, what's the most badass thing that we can do in this right. situation? Especially, yeah. you talk about Rambo. Yeah. Just, it's the classic trope in any, any Stallone or Schwarzenegger movie and everything back then is that somebody could just shoot a single bullet at a car and the whole car blows up. Right. Right. There's nothing realistic about that. It's just, hey, that's cool. Let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. Let's and do that's it. what I think kind of separated it from. They weren't doing any focus groups back then, saying, <laughs> "What's going to put butts in the seats?" Yeah, you know, I don't think so, at least. Yeah. Um, or was it like in the last action hero where Schwarzenegger asked the guy if he liked farms or something like that? <laughs> he kicked him in the nuts and said, "Here's a couple. Here's of acres. a couple of acres." <laughs> acres. <laughs> He shot a guy. Yeah, I think in that in that movie he shot a guy. I think he shot a guy. He blew up an ice cream truck. He blew up an ice cream truck, and one of the guys that were chasing him got hit in the back of the head with an ice cream cone, a waffle cone, stabbed him in the head. The guy fell over with an ice cream cone poking out of his head. Arnold says, and I quote, Ice that guy, cone of phrase. Yeah. Really? Okay. Really? All right. I laughed. I was 12. I laughed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kurt Russell had a couple of big ones in the 80s. My favorite, obviously, we talked about, I think a couple of days ago, is Big Trouble in Little China. That's my favorite, too. That's just one of my favorite 80s movies in general. Yeah. You know, and what was great, that has you know a little bit of that synthesizer stuff going it on. It does. It does. You know, you know, but, you know, it's that, that you know, that movie just had like a, a like such a nice mix of stuff. Why was it? With it that, is that what made it good? Because that movie is it's it's one of my favorites and it's cheesy. Yeah, as hell. it it's is so cheesy. You know, but but then it's like you know you had, you know Carter Wong in it, yes. or whatever, you know who was the best. You know, y'all don't realize he was the real tough guy as far as the the storms in that movie. Yes, we're fans of his from old school kung fu flicks. Carter yeah. Wong he goes back a long way. 
So most people only know him from Big Trouble in Little China. He, yeah. He was fantastic in everything yeah. he did back in the day. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but um, you know what's funny, too, and I feel bad because I can't. I don't, actually, I think I might be right here. James Wong, I think is the guy's name. He's the one that played the old man. Yep. In Big Trouble in Little China. Mm -hmm. You know, the. He's a trying to live forever, but no, he's in everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like even to this day, you know, he does the voice of like uh, the panda's father and like Kung you, Fu Panda. You even go to I watched uh, Blade, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah. He was the old man who made made eyes. Yeah, okay, you know, for the yeah, yeah, for the replicas. He's replicas another one of those guys to where it's just even even if you don't see him in animation, you hear his voice, you know, it's you know it's him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, Big Trouble in Little China was just you know it was. It was a you know it was a great movie too because it was, it was one of those things too to where it's like it was anytime you put someone in a situation that they just shouldn't be in kind of so you know you got a guy who's a cross country truck driver mm -hmm. next thing you know he's fighting these immortal entities in this, Chinatown. This is not to make any kind of a segue, but I don't even know if you have him on your list. Yeah, but the character that he played in that is kind of like um, is it's kind of like Bruce Willis. Um, Bruce Willis's character in the first um, Die Hard. First Die Hard. Um, you know, only reason I, I, I don't not, think I had that on it because for, for some reason I feel like was was Die Hard early nineties. I think I it was know. early nineties. Right. It's just the same character. I'm trying to remember his name. Oh my God, John McClane. John McClane. Yeah. Um, he it was the same character, the old Pork Chop Express from yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jack, yeah. Jack Burton. Jack right? Burton. Jack Burton and John McClane were yeah. very similar characters, except yeah. John McClane spent the whole movie with no shoes on. Yeah. He was just a dude, but he was a, a cop. Well, they were both everyman, kind of. Yeah. He was like every man. Yeah. The way he really was, in spite of the fact that he had certain training that most of us didn't, he literally behaved and spoke the way that most of us would if we found ourselves in that situation and we were willing to do whatever we had to right. to get our loved ones safe and just to get out of the situation. Gotcha. So I, I think those characters, that's kind of what made those characters great. And Jack Burton, his cadence, the way Kurt Russell talked, yeah, yeah. His whole his whole pork chop express speech at the beginning when he's eat, when he's eating a sandwich, you Yo, know, oh, have yeah, I yeah, paid yeah. my dues? Yes, sir. The checks in the mail, you know, all that stuff. So a couple of other quick people before we, I think we'll we'll end with Arnold. We'll say that kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, uh, and, and these people here didn't have a ton of action movies in the eighties, but they had some kind of classics and stuff in there. Uh, Roddy Piper from They Live, you know what I mean. They Live had one of the best fight scenes in it ever that with him and Keith David or whatever. Arguably the greatest fight yeah. scene ever. You know, that's just you know. Um, I can't really think of anything else that that Piper made as far as a movie, but he was phenomenal in that. You know, so for that alone, I I put him in there. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, Carl Weathers, right? Now Carl Weathers, we all know him as <laughs> Apollo Creed or whatever. You know, um, but then you know. Uh, he was kind of the, uh, the the foil in a way for Arnold's character from Predator, Predator or whatever. Yeah. But then he had a standalone film of his own, Action, action Jackson. Jackson, right? You know, yeah. um, so he was in a lot of big action movies and stuff. In the and he had the eighties mustache too. He did have the eighties mustache. He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carl Weathers yeah, yeah. had the stash. Yeah, very underrated performance with him that you, some people may not have seen. And this wasn't even 80s movies. It was like 78 or whatever. He was in a, he was in a movie called The Bermuda Depths, you know, which uh, one of these episodes, I think where I, I'd like us to get into old uh, made-for-TV movies. Yeah, yeah. That was a classic, but that had Carl Weathers in I've it. I've never heard of that. I got to yeah, check yeah. it out. Yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another one of these Miller Highlights will be watching all kind of stuff. Um, all right, so then we got those. Do -do 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 -doom. All right, and now Eddie, okay. you know, uh, you wouldn't really think it's about Eddie Murphy as an action heroes. star. He's not, I wouldn't put him an action hero, but, you know, Beverly Hills Cops movies, those came out and stuff in the 80s, you know, um, or at least the first couple did. So I don't know if you would put him in an action hero as those, even though those were action, action comedies. comedies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Eddie's just... Yeah, Eddie's his own man. Yeah, Eddie's, his Eddie's own man. fantastic. Yeah, All right. but by far, you know, um, I think myself, maybe you, most people, when you think about eighties action movies, you think of Schwarzenegger. Of course, you know what I mean. You know, and what's your favorite? Well, you know, <laughs> you well, you know my. Favorite. I know your favorite. You know, a lot of you might not guess what his favorite Schwarzenegger movie is. I'll let him tell you. My my favorite Schwarzenegger movie is 
it's not even because of Arnold. It's because of, all right, Last Action Hero. The corniest one, the one that most people say was stupid. My favorite movie. I would argue that it's one of the greatest action movies of all time, period. A lot of action in it. Absolutely. Period. Yeah. Definitely. You know, a lot, lot of action. And, and you know? it is the, it's the, this is Spinal Tap of action movies. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he um he basically just makes fun. It shows just how how um how he doesn't take himself so serious. Right. right. And he spent the whole movie just picking on himself. Now, when we talk though about like just you know pure well, machismo, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that would have to be Predator. You know 100%, what I mean? Percent. Yeah. I mean, Predator had a cast of badasses, at, you know, from top to bottom, you know, in the movie. You know what I mean, and and uh, and Arnold was just like the, the the top of that pack, I guess you'd mm-hmm. say or whatever, you know. But and, and yeah. I think Predator encapsulates what what actually does make all these guys what what made them so awesome to watch and made a lot of these movies really good is because there were there were not really any pretty guys in Predator. Mm-mm. You know, Predator had nothing to do with how pretty anybody is. Arnold's a handsome guy, and he was chiseled. That he doesn't really count. Arnold's Arnold. Arnold, right. yeah, yeah, he was the money. He was the money bag anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the entire ensemble was just they, man. They were just dudes, man. Yeah, one toughest dudes. Tough, that, well, toughest cats in that move was Bill Duke. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what I mean? Mama uh, told Sally, she's so sweet. She got everything. <laughs> Uncle Johnny, <laughs> you still got cats today? We look at how many years has it been. I had me some fun. Yeah. You know yeah. how many guys I still hear say that? I'm yeah. having me some fun. I'm having me some fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That yeah. man, that, that character, as far as the larger-than-life character, I can't believe just how far that performance went and how much that, that performance stood out so much. A little bit of trivia. This isn't really trivia, kind of, but in a way it kind of is. You know, as I was looking through movies that he had in the 80s, I was amazed at how many huge movies he had between 82 and 87. Really? He was in a ton of? Ton well, Conan. No, he wasn't in Conan. Was Conan, Conan was like 82. He was in Conan? Hold on. No, no. We're talking about Arnold. Oh, Arnold. Arnold. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're talking about Yeah. Bill Duke. No, 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 okay. no, no. No. But I'm Bill tripping. Duke, Bill Duke like... was in Commando, though. You know what I mean? Bill Duke was in, he yeah, was was in, in Commando. Commando. But yeah. between 82 and 87, yeah, you had like Conan, The Terminator, mm. Uh, Commando, Predator, Damn. and it was something else. There was like literally five movies that came out within that five-year stretch that were all right there. And they were huge. Yeah, absolutely. That many in that, you know, well, check check it out. You know, um, Conan 2 was also within that five-year window. You know what I mean? And FYI, we're not even pulling up the IMDb filmography right now as we talk. We could no. do that, but we're just trying to be, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't. No, I did not realize that. All what's right. What's your favorite though? Because I mean, once again, Predator, beyond a shadow of a doubt, anybody who wants to argue with us, definitely hit us up and let us know. Yeah. Because I'm curious to see if anybody thinks there's any movie that's really just tougher as far as a guy's guy movie. Yeah, please do. Yeah, as Predator has to be that. But I'd say, yeah, like, my favorite is Last Action Hero. Yeah. But that's my favorite to watch. I'm not right. saying it's the greatest one that he made. Yeah. I think... I think T two is his best movie he was in. His no, Terminator two is just a fantastic flick. Terminator two is just a fantastic All around. flick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's your favorite? Huh? Is it Predator? I probably would say Predator. Predator, and then was Predator and Conan, and Conan only just because I'm such a Conan fan, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, he was, you know, it was him, you know what I mean. But just if I was just gonna sit here and just watch him, it's kind of like Jaws. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Jaws has nothing to do with this, but I could just sit here and watch Jaws every other day. Yeah. So yeah. almost if Predator's on, I could just sit there and watch it. But because of the cast of character, because of, you know, it went from being an action movie to a basically borderline horror movie within like a couple of scenes. Right. And if it's on, you don't turn it off. That's yeah, one of those. Who's going to turn it off? Because yeah, you, you, there's so many iconic moments that, you know what I mean? Even when you want to turn away from it, you're like, no, no, no. Oh, this is going to happen soon. <laughs> I got I to gotta at least watch it until that happens. Wait, wait, Arnold's going to hide himself in the mud in a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. All that stuff there, you know. So, hey, so uh, just like Jamal said, if, you know, if you think of, you know, a uh, classic 80, 80s action movie that um, we didn't touch on but you want to bring to our attention or, or like us to, we'll let you know at the end of this how to hit us up. 
or even if there's another person that we didn't allude to who you consider an 80s action star that slipped off our radar today, please let us know. And don't knock us. We didn't sit here and stress over this list at all. We literally threw this list together. And trust us, you should be happy that we were able to focus on this while drinking this Miller Highlight. (laughs) You know, just, just so you know. All right, so for this segment... Uh, we're going to reach out to our other brother, yep. the, the middle kid. Middle kid. <laughs> our, our brother, Jay, um, also known as Lyric. We're, um, we're going to go ahead and get him on the phone so we can uh, have a little discussion about our pops. Let's give him a call. Hello? Hey, can you hear us? Yes, sir. Hey, thank you for joining, brother man. Brother man. Yeah, uh, I can't call it, brother. Can't call it. Indeed, indeed. Appreciate y'all having me aboard. Absolutely. All right, so we brought you on so we can, um, so you can take part in our our first ever legends and legends and badass segment. Right, <laughs> segment. This will be a regular segment. You know what I mean? And uh, you're our first guest on this segment. All right, bear with me. I'm going to drop the intro. Check it out. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I'm your huckleberry. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. And I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> yo, I was uh, I remember earlier when I heard it, I was like, yo, that's the best intro ever. Because <laughs> I, I had totally, yo, I had totally forgot Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I don't know how I had forgotten him. As soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, we're good. Yo. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't forget him, right? You know, nah, the two bubblegum is class. <laughs> All out of bubblegum. So, so, so this segment. You know, we're calling it Legends and Badasses. So every time we do the show, you know, we're going to discuss someone that is either a legend or a badass, maybe one of each, or somebody that could be both, whatever. And that could that could range anywhere from a superhero, you know what I mean, to a, to an actor or to anything. But uh, in, in honor of our, our pops who... Uh, passed away this summer and who would be 73 years old today um, we're devoting a segment to him because he was both a legend and a badass yeah. and he was enough for that that there literally were some people that referred to him as as legend as legend absolutely <laughs> there were some legendary things about that man so first things first Jay you got your you got your Miller High Life going uh, yes I do I'm actually cracking it up right now well first I'm filling my glass with Crushed ice, and then oh, I'm going Jesus, through. he went all the way. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> he went. He went full pops. He went full pops. Yeah, yeah. full pops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We. Got, man, keep messing with me. I even, keep messing with me. I even got a cool cigarette about to go light up. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed ice in the cool. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got we got the mate. We got the mason glass, but we couldn't get down with the crust. Hey, I got it for you, man. I remember, you know, I remember one time, uh, it was a Christmas back in the day, and um, it was Christmas time, and he was trying to stop smoking. He hadn't smoked in like a week or something like that. And for Christmas, everybody in the family got him a carton of cool cigarettes. Terrible influencers. You know, I think that's the first time I've ever heard of an anti intervention. So, so anyway, since we're calling this Legends and Badasses, I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to share with our listeners what made him a legendary badass. Okay, I, I'm going to say off the top, the first obvious thing, if you ever, if you ever saw our dad, and uh, we'll make sure that we'll actually post some pictures up for, for reference and everything, um, just to kind of explain this point. 
one legendary thing about our dad is that, and this is not an exaggeration, I believe, even though we, we never did it while he was alive, and that's one regret that I have, is that I, I didn't actually, we never made a phone call about it. But I believe our dad had the largest hands on a human, possibly alive, like by size, by proportion. Yes. Right? Like for yeah. his height. Yes. And not fat hands, nothing like that. They were just massive. Like he had hands that you think would be on a seven-footer on a 5'11 frame, and it's insane how big that man's hands were. Yeah, and what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, what was crazy, and I think Jamal's alluding to about his hands, is, is, is hard to describe. It's like, you know, you see a lot of seven-footers of different people who have big hands or, like, really long hands or whatever. Skinny fingers. It was skinny fingers. Yeah. This dude's hands, you know what I mean? Well, here's, you know, and without a, without... Um, the best uh, analogy I probably get or 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 example would be like the Hulk. You know what I mean? Yes. To where yeah. the Hulk is just like just proportionally, yeah. he's just huge. It's not like you know the Hulk. You know, you know, uh, is, you know. It's not like he's just got like real long. And, and to show how big they were, I took his Air Force ring that yep. he had, and yeah. I took a quarter. I took a ring he wears. I dropped a quarter through the ring without touching the sides. Yeah. That happened. Yeah, I did that the other day. So yeah. I, I showed somebody that the other day. For the, yeah, the that's serious. That's a that's a finger. Yeah, that's a finger. <laughs> yeah, not a finger. That's, that's a, a finger. finger. Yeah. <laughs> that's a finger. You know, but and then he used those massive mitts <laughs> to his advantage. You know, playing basketball. So, so here's my here's here, you know here's my my thing with him. Right. All right. So. One, personally, I've never, as far as someone that I've seen with my own eyes, you know, play ball, I've never physically witnessed a better basketball player than him. Indeed. You know, yeah, I may watch, say, Jordan LeBron or whatever, but someone that I've been on the court with or something like that. That I personally that I've, know. Exactly. Exactly. You know, he had a complete game inside, outside, or whatever. You know, and some testament to his legacy or whatever is he would tell me all the time that um, he's one of the few people you knew to where wherever town or city he went to, there's people who knew him just from playing ball. He always told me that when the Globetrotters were touring and they came through Arkansas, they would come pick him up to go play pickup ball. You know what I mean? And that, you know... How many people can you know can really say that? Uh, yeah. You know, we have a cousin, you know what I mean, who's the all time leading scorer at Gonzaga University, um, Frank Burgess. Yeah, right rest now, in peace. Huh? I look I looked it up. He's not just the leading scorer by like a couple of points. We talk about like a couple of thousand. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, not even close, yeah. Right? Yeah. At first yeah, I had no, thought no comparison. I had thought that Stockton had caught Frank, when he went to Gonzaga, he didn't. It doesn't look like it. I think Frank is still the leading scorer by far like at Gonzaga. Yeah. And, you know, for all accounts, you know, I'm sure Pops was right there with him. And I'm sure Pops would tell you that he'd take the tour. I spoke to him about that. Because okay. I had heard a bunch of – when, when y'all remember back in the – it was like 90 – it was like 91, 92 – you did the big old Frank Burgess thing. Frank Burgess was known, for those who listening, um, Frank Burgess, uh, close relative of ours, top scorer in Gonzaga history, even right now he leads across a bunch of categories, actually. And he actually got drafted by the Lakers or something, but he yep. turned that down and became the first, I think, African-American federal court judge in Washington or something like that. I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Washington uh, so, Supreme Court, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, it was the t- last time we were home, y'all, um, when we took Joe. Word. Last time we were home, I sat down and I heard these stories before, man, about you and Frank. And I heard you used to, I, I told myself, I heard you used to walk the floor with him. Like, how, how, what happened with it? And he wasn't saying nothing bad. He just looked at me. He said, son, I'm just going to tell you, whatever me and Frank stepped on the floor, he'd never, ever be me. That's all he said. Let it go. Yep, I heard him say that before too. Yeah, 
Yeah. Say he used to, he, he was used to, nasty, man. Yeah. He was. He was. I've. I've <laughs> what was uh? Hold on. Were you were you in the middle of telling your badass story? Yeah. Well, I mean, I only had another. part I think that's to part it, of what he was actually that, getting. Yeah, to. that's part of what I was getting to. You know. Oh, I didn't mean to. No, 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 no. You're perfect, man. You're perfect. You know, I wasn't gonna say anything else about that, so I'm glad that you carried that through. You know, but the greatest thing that I witnessed, you know, um, you know, ever like on a court myself was um, was what happened with him at the change all that time. So this was I was probably sixteen. You got to explain what the change was. Oh, thank you, absolutely. All right, so the three of us are from a small town in Arkansas named Eudora. E town, E town, right? E town, right. So the um, we, we we used to have a place called the, you know, the Chain Goal, which was basically like our Rucker Park, you know, and oh, it's uh, like the Rucker Park of the Southeast. It's the Rucker Park of the Southeast, <laughs> and, and absolutely. Aptly named simply because, as you can imagine, it used to be that the goals originally had chains on them instead of nets. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, like that so most of our life, but that's how it really was originally, and the name stuck. Yeah, and it was a kind of yeah, it was a kind of place to where literally, literally, most people that you knew, if they played ball, they were there five, six, seven days a week, you know, a couple hours, hours a day, day, three or four hours a day, absolutely. Yeah. You Get know, out of work, yeah, go home, put your stuff away, yeah, and and, and some and, people didn't even go put their stuff away. And, and I'm sorry to interject. And the thing is, the thing to understand is, in such a town like we had, there was literally nothing else for recreation for the kids or for the community. So that's that to show the importance of that spot. And, and we're talking about it this way partially because it doesn't exist anymore. Like it's, it's something that, that is decrepit now. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Um, Cheers, fellas. It's something decrepit right now. That's kind of, yeah, it's in disrepair right now. Hopefully maybe one day something will happen. Uh, people have made attempts to kind of bring it back, but it was a, it was, it was a cornerstone of the community, just a slab of concrete. And to show one funny thing about it, yeah, and, and if y'all remember, it was it's two full-length courts, and yep. it used to be like these metal rails in the middle that were clearly held nets because it was it could have been used for a tennis court at one point, but brothers didn't play tennis back. <laughs> I've never seen nobody play tennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that that was pretty much all we had. So, yeah, from... And it wasn't sun up to sun down in the summer because it's too doggone hot because it wasn't a tree yeah. to be seen close by. Right? It wasn't no nope. shade. Uh, at the you, going, you, you going out there at like 3, 4 o'clock when the sun's starting to come down. Yep. Like yeah. 5, 6 o'clock. Yeah, and all the way to sundown. And I've, yep. my fondest memories of childhood. Sundown. Yeah. My fondest memories. Yeah, except the funny thing is that I remember they had a street light. <laughs> it was a street light on the street side, and the other side of the court had no light. So... The best up thing is that if you play it after sundown, yeah, you can't play full court because somebody's gonna get screwed. Yes, yes so you yes, can only yes, shoot yes. the ball from certain angles. The, yeah, the streets without the light. street light messing you up. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's like if you play it after dark, it's yeah. But you still play. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, so here's the story though. So so anyway, I mean, like like we all said, cats would play down there all day, and then, uh, you know. The way we used to play, and well, probably most playgrounds, most you know, playground hoops are like this. Is you know, you play till you lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, so when I got down there, uh, Pops was already out on the floor playing, and he was playing against. I know it was it was Shank, Ironside. I forget who the third guy was, but the fourth guy was Levester Brown, my classmate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mind us if you don't know these names. Some of these people are legends in themselves. Yes, absolutely. To us. You know, so anyway, so what happened, though, was um, we would play go, uh, 24 by 2, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Shank and Levesque and them kept winning. And then Pops would get on a team, and then something happened, and they would lose or whatever. But after a while, he got frustrated. He was getting frustrated, so... When I got there, I had next, so I mean, you know, I got to pick. Well, my, my, exactly, you know. So it was me, me and Dwight, and I forget if it was uh, might have been Fred or Sackman. I don't think it was oh, Robo. No. You know what I mean? 
Well, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so uh, we picked up for our fourth man. We picked up pops or whatever. So we go out there, and I pass him the ball. You know, he shoots that catapult jump shot of his from <laughs> right inside half court, sinks it. You yeah. know. Right? Yeah. So then I take it out again. He posts somebody up. You know, does that lean in scoop shot or whatever he does down. Yeah. So this happened a few, three or four times or whatever, and then we just kept doing that. So then what happened is that, like, you know, about five minutes later, you know, he just says, like, game. And then so, so then you started hearing, because the, the thing is that the Chango, you have, like, what they call, like, the peanut gallery or whatever. So you, you had the other dudes that was waiting on the next game. You just heard somebody say, yo, that dude just scored 24 points. <laughs> he hit every basket. And from all over the court, whether it was inside, outside, or whatever, you know, I don't even I don't even recall if he missed a shot. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, or whatever. But all I know in my, you know, 15-plus years or whatever – of playing ball there probably five days a week, easy. I've never seen someone score 24 <laughs> points. You know, and for those of you listening who haven't experienced that, it's, it's almost impossible to put into words. You know what I mean? It's the equivalent of if you watch like an NBA game. You know, when you when you see those games like say that time when LeBron's with Cleveland and they beat Detroit and he scored like 25 straight points in the fourth quarter, it's one of those types of games. You know, but so to me that was a legendary, badass performance. Absolutely, because then you don't even realize it's happening until somebody else says, "Yo, that Negro just hit twenty-four points." <laughs> he just said, "Yep, game, game." Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and the crazy thing is, I can yeah. see the look on his face. Yeah, and the thing about it is to think that he scored twenty-four points. With a pack of cools stuck right in the corner of his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right inside the shirt. Right inside the shirt. Okay, okay, right okay, okay, neck okay. Of his shirt. All right, so can I say that it's kind of legendary right there? Okay, so specifically, specifically, a cools soft pack still oh, with the plastic God. wrapper around it. Yeah. You rip the plastic yep. wrapper off the top so you can pull the smokes out, but you leave the plastic around the rest of the soft pack because the plastic sticks to his skin, especially if he's playing ball and sweating. So he's pretty much a soft pack of cool sitting on his left boob. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> he, yeah he'll play for hours. And it yeah. stays this little rectangle you see sticking out of his shirt. I've never seen him put him in his pocket yep. my entire life. This he, never, he, he, he carried it in his shirt. I've never seen him put a bag of cigarettes. Yeah, so, and, and, so my definition of somebody who's legendary is something that kind of Kind of, I don't know, makes you kind of stand out and makes you a bit, I, I don't know, not necessarily making you a caricature of yourself, mm. but is is kind of just You're something bigger than that, life. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen anything quite like this, you know, and 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 that's kind of where he kind of stands out to me, you know, in, in that regard. It's a lot of little things like that. And when I was a kid, I'll say, and this is more me and Jay, Mitch, when, like, yeah. you were already in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. Me and Jay were little. And I remember um, just as a kid, the coolest thing, most badass thing I remember always seeing is when we go, we lived in Memphis, we go over to Lincoln Park and play ball. Pops would always make me and Jay, and we used to complain about it, I think, because he's just too nice. He used to have us carry like two whole gallon jugs of water all the way to the to the playground. Right. Yeah, he made us he made us carry water because in his mind it wasn't for him. He brought water for everybody. It was for everybody else. He yeah. really did bring water for the whole party. Oh, absolutely. That, it's a beautiful thing. So we did that, but then remember what we used to do? We sit back, we watch him play ball all evening. It's almost dark. Everything's done. And we'd sit there waiting for this man to take his T shirt off and wring the sweat out and look at the puddle. Because he'd wring it out right on the court for us so we could see how big of a puddle it would be. You know, Every that's one of my earliest memories, and that that just stands out to me. Now, keep in mind, he passed away this summer. He'd be 73 Yeah, today. We, we probably should have made that known before we started going into it. And then, But the thing is, though, is that, you know, the, the testament to his basketball prowess, 
this dude was playing ball at some level into his mid sixties. Absolutely. Oh yeah, he only he, oh yeah he, he only quit when he had to. He yeah. told me right, he only quit because he had to quit. Yeah. So yep. Even that that whole sweat ringing out crap yeah. in Memphis, he was he was mid fifties almost then. Yeah. No, no, he wasn't, bro. Man, he was fifty, dog. Uh, you don't think no, so? Man. I'm 37. No, he said 20, 20 years ago is two thousand is the year two thousand. He would have been fifty then. In nineteen ninety, he was forty. Yeah, so he all was right, like, he, he was, was forty like, then. Like, In my mind, he was fifty. Don't get to ten more years. Damn. All right, forty. Fact is, with my my dad bod, I got going at thirty seven. You know, he's giving me a run for my money. I need to get my stuff straight. Because if he was 40 and ringing sweat out playing a basketball court, I haven't lifted a ball in a couple of years, and it's kind of sad. I bought one the so, other day. You did? I still got yes, his ball. I, I got his ball. I got it in the garage, and I looked at it, and it's like it needs some air. As soon as I picked it up, I was like, I need to start playing ball. Yeah, man. I got to get back on the court. Yeah, so. No, no. That's so his biggest was... thing, though, is basketball is his most legendary at, like yeah. aspect. It's, it's ridiculous. Hey. He was. I, he, I would actually argue that he was like Mitch said. You said the greatest you've ever seen. I would argue because of the fact that I didn't see him play Michael Jordan or anybody. Right. I feel like he was the best basketball player that I've ever seen. Period. And I, I the only reason I say that is because with no vertical, he could not jump. I never seen him dunk. He didn't jump high. None he, of that. he could dunk back in the day. Could he? Yeah. Oh, he I've, jumped, I've got he pictures of him dunking. Yeah, I've right, seen a right. picture of him do it. It's just my life. I never saw him dunk. Before. But between those arms and hands, he didn't have to. That's true. He could scratch his kneecap standing up. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> his arms were so long, my classmates used to That's pick true. him and saying that he would, you know, use his fingers to push the accelerator in the car. You I know asked, what I mean? I, he was driving. I asked him if he ever punched anybody. And he told me he told me that he didn't. He told me he had never just straight punched anybody, you know. And I don't, I don't blame him, man. I don't think he needed to. Well, I'm pretty sure if I looked at a man with hands like that, he wouldn't have had to punch me. Yeah, people think we're making it up, but this dude had a hand like Hellboy. Yeah, but imagine both hands. Exactly, Hellboy ain't got but one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was it like a fist of doom? So yeah, the red hand of doom. Red hand of doom. The, the, the true helm hammer hand. You know what I mean? Yeah, for real. So anyway, I mean, you know, like we said earlier, like this segment is going to be towards people that about people, you know, that you know have achieved some form of legendary status. Um, obviously, we're talking about our our father today. You know, who of course. You know, it's not just that he's a legend in our eyes, but we can honestly say, you know, that we know oodles and scores of people who view him um, with the same respect. As a legend on the ball court, yeah. 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 And just a legendary individual. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. He was a red breed, man. He was a, uh, he was a red breed. We, um, most, most me and my, me and my brothers, we, we know how fortunate we are because a lot of siblings, they're close, but they're not really close. And we're really, really close. And our fathers, you know, his big thing was he prided himself on being a good father to us three. That was his, his you know, his crown and joy was being the best father he could to all three of us. You know, so, yeah, another yeah. thing I, I never really saw it like this, Jay, until you kind of just mentioned it in that context, you know, but you got a lot of like, because all three of us play ball, you know what yeah. I mean? And if you were going to consider him, like, say, a, a sports parent or whatever, a lot of times you get, like, parents that get this stigma or whatever of kind of wanting to, you know, live through their children, so to speak. You know what I mean, as far as sports or whatever. But I can honestly say that he's, you know, the, he was the opposite of that. You know, his love of basketball, he used that in our lives, and it made the three of us closer, the four of us, I should say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a, a lot. Well, what I mean, you know, a lot of you know, with so many bonding memories and things that we have, specifically with him, were around basketball, and it was never like a resentful kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, you know. The yeah. last thing from a basketball standpoint that I forgot to mention is a, another example of how gifted he was. Is that? Um, he was in the in the Air Force, you know, in the Vietnam era. He was stationed in the Philippines. 
you know, but he's the only person that I know personally to where where most people get like TDY assignments and stuff to other bases. The Air Force literally flew this dude around specifically to play in basketball tournaments. You know what I mean? Did you say he actually played on an aircraft carrier once? Yeah, he told me that they used to have hoops on a C five or a C one thirty or a C five, I think, right, Jay, you know? Yeah, I'm not surprised. C five is big enough. That's crazy. You know, but you know, just the fact that, you know, for you to be that good to where, you know, they're flying you literally around the world to to play ball. Play ball and your military, that tells you something. Yeah, and during wartime, you know, so it's like yeah, yeah, you know. So, can I, can I throw in one last? Uh, Absolutely. Okay, one last memory from being a kid playing ball with this man. <clears throat> I got one more story. I got one story. After you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, this is real. This is not going to take long. Um, I I haven't done this to little Jamal yet, to my 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 baby boy yet. But uh-huh. what pops would do to us is, in order to teach us, it's not a good thing to let your kid win, but it's also okay. not a good thing to beat the hell out of your kids. <laughs> so what he would do, what he would do is he kind of he split the baby, right? He split the baby. What he did was he would let you get if you're playing to 24, right? That's how we played. Yes, Some people play different. Yeah, he let you get all the way to 22, right? Let you get all the way to 22 and then bust your ass and and just <laughs> knock everything down. And so the sad thing about it is this right here. Here's where I'm gonna dive deeper. The terrible thing about that is he did that into my teens. And the messed up thing. <laughs> so the ter- the terrible thing about that is, is that by the time you get to like eighteen and he has two, you talking trash. Yep. So so he let you start feeling yourself and then yeah, beat the hell out of you. That, that's yeah. what made it more demoralizing when he it did, did it. To that's you. what made it demoralizing because yeah. it's like right at that point you starting to talk some trash. Like, all right, old man, you thought you was gonna get some. Oh yeah, come on now. Uh-huh. Do you, do you guys remember, like, it used, we used to all three try to – Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the first time that we beat him – now, granted, I was freaking 18 was at the time. You know what I mean? Is when I came home the first time from the Air Force and the three of us went down to the chain goal, and the three of us played against him and finally beat him. You know what I mean? And I don't know if maybe he let us then, but that's the first time I can remember that – and we didn't. We celebrated, boy. Oh, we did. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we did. I did like the best thing ever. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I could just imagine. Uh, yeah. That dude used to upset me. He used to make me so mad. Though. If, if I had, so mad on the I we were so happy that if we each had like twenty clones, they would all storm the court. You know what I mean? Like, like, like a college basketball game. <laughs> hey, so, all right. So, anyway, so, Jay. All right. All right. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You got one more you said, right? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the most badass thing I ever saw anyone do on the basketball court was from him. And, and, and he was just, Pops was just, he was just being himself, right? So this is like, uh, I want to say late 80s, because I don't know, late 80s, early 90s. And to let you know the time frame, Cats was walking around in um, like um, like um, MC Hammer type pants and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the tango playing ball with, with the curl and stuff. With the curl? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so I want to say, I want to say like 90s. We're talking about like 92, 93. Was this but, the same era where Dooley Minifield with parachute pants and Stacey Adams? Yo, that's, that's exactly the minute. That's exactly the hour. That's exactly the time frame. No bullshit. That's exactly the time frame. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done, sir. <laughs> Yo. So, hold on. So, so, we had the Chango, right? And everybody, again, y'all don't understand, the Chango is a stumping ground. And everyone came from all parts of Southeast Arkansas just to play at our court. Like, it was bananas. So, anyway... We all at the Chango, and this dude come from Lake Providence. Now, this dude come, it's crazy because I remember this like it was yesterday. Dude came out there, he got like a light blue, uh, you know what I'm saying, like white beauty t-shirt on. He got on some some um, some stonewash type windbreaker pants like the hammer joints to play ball. In. So he come down there with a, with a, yo, this dude come down and took out a water cash out of his pocket. 
Say, ain't none of y'all in your door mess with me. I came all the way down here. I'm the coldest person, yada, yada, yada. I beat anybody. I put this whole wad against anybody, right? Don't nobody say that. I swear to God, yo, y'all couldn't direct this, but nobody said his name at all. And all of a sudden, you look to the left, the crowd's parked, and Pop just walked through. <laughs> right? 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 Look, now, I'm going to say, he didn't walk through, like, he didn't walk through all big and bad. He kind of walked through, you know, you know how Pop's walk. He kind of put his head to the left, you know what I'm saying? Kind of put it down a little bit. And he kind of walked forward, and he kind of looking up, and, and he took his money out of his pocket, and he put his money in somebody's hand and got on the floor and proceeded to beat the crap out of that dude. You know, like, like, I don't remember the score, but I know the score wasn't close because when he got off the floor, wasn't nobody surprised. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wasn't nobody like, damn, Josh Rowe. Like, damn, yeah, Josh Rowe, right? So to show you the badass part of it, when he got done, while he was leaving the floor, he put his arms around the dude he just whipped and said, now don't you ever come in nobody's house. You know what I'm saying? Yo, they walking off the court, he said, don't you ever come in nobody's house and not know who though you walking it was bananas because he didn't brag and he it was one of them things where like like i was telling um i was telling shorty the other day right like pops was one of them cats he was such a good basketball player that you knew it was only natural like a lot of that stuff wasn't taught that's yeah, why he yeah. couldn't he couldn't really teach what he could do. Like he could show you something. Pop showed yeah. us fundamentals, but yeah. Pop couldn't show us how to really play ball like him because right. when someone is just naturally that good, they can't yeah. show you how to do what they do because it's just it's like breathing. Yeah, well, you know what I mean, yeah, that, that was absolutely. The, that was and that was the coldest thing I saw. To this day, and I remember the dude look on dude face. Dude had a small gold chain, and he came off that floor like, "What the hell did I just do? Like, what just that, happened that, to me?" That that honestly is the reason why that reputation is something that he held dear. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say that he took that to his grave. Was his one big thing that was he was very proud of was his reputation. Um, so and and it's it it because well it is because of that that one thing that we did was anytime he left the court if he went anywhere new before we were done he made sure he turned the nets inside out that's something that yeah. me uh, and him me and him spent one time we we got somebody let us into a gym at Memphis once when we just took a road trip out there back in like the early two thousands and and oh, yeah wow. it was four it was four four goals on the court and uh, we didn't leave until we turned them all inside out. Like and this, okay. the funny thing about that is somebody who is uh, is you talented. You got to you turn it out though. Well, as well, yeah. Well, yeah. You make a shot enough that the the net wraps up around the rim, right? The, uh, mm-hmm. To show us how gifted of a shooter he was, that when the goal was to turn it inside out and the goal wasn't to make the shot anymore, I saw this man drop like twenty shots in a row just trying to get the net to turn inside out. <laughs> it was like making a shot was nothing. And it was all threes. Like he was just it's throwing them up there. Exactly. It was so easy to make the shot at that point since the goal was something beyond that. And right. you know, yeah, it took like a good twenty minutes and we left. Yeah, we never even told the like story. That. We no one even said in how he was over fifty, and we took and we uh, got him to New York. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's keep that one brief. We're, we're up against the clock. So yeah. Well, no, no, I'm not. That, that'd be enough. We can. We can that'd be another story. I know we got. I know we ain't got a phone, but yeah, yeah. But that's definitely. That's definitely something to talk about. Running so, full. So as you can see, there's, there's definitely, you know, no lack of, you know, there's no, no there's no limit to his legend. And, and being being a legend is obviously subjective, right. you know, and no arguments from anybody. It's subjective, right? It's, it's all right. based on what we think is a legend as far as our dad goes. You know, it's not an objective point of view. It's purely subject, su- subjective. Yeah. Um, so as we go forward and stuff with the show in the future, you know, as we mentioned, you know, the legends are badasses. You know what I mean? Um, could be, you know, anyone from different walks of life. You know what I mean? So, um if you have suggestions for someone that you think that we should, you know, cover, discuss, or, you know, or talk about or whatever, you know, please make sure to reach out and let us know that and stuff as well. Jay, before we let you go, you know, um, um, our brother Jay, his professional name is Lyric. Um, he's involved in the entertainment industry out in California. Jay, you want to share a little bit about yourself and tell people how to how they can follow you or learn a little bit more about you? Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an actor, a musician. Uh, both of those we get from Pops. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, you can check my website out, www.thelyric. That's www.thelyric.com. Um, the most recent project I did is on there, and there's some other stuff coming soon, and some new music coming as well. Excellent. Thank you very much, brother, for being here with us. Hey, thank you for letting me be a part of this, and, and uh, much appreciated. This is mad cool, and yo, you guys, this is gonna be good, man. I like this. This is mad fun. Thank you. Hey, hopefully, um, hope you uh, join us again in the near future, brother. Love you, man. Uh, love y'all too, man. All right, brother. All right. Peace. So that concludes this Legends and Badass segment. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. I'm your huckleberry. Why? You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I just had to hit it again. Absolutely. Okay. How can you? How, how, how can you not, right? Absolutely. I'll be looking forward to that all the time. Well, everybody, <laughs> it's about time for us to wrap it up. Uh, hope you enjoyed today's topic. We look forward to bringing you lots of cool topics in the very near future. And uh, some decidedly better hot and pepper next time. Yeah. Um, it was nice, Miller High Life, but I've had enough. Um, if you'd like to reach out to us and maybe even make suggestions on other content you'd like us to cover, uh, feel free to do so uh, by visiting our page at anchor.fm forward slash rap podcast or shoot us an email at rappodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other listeners find the show, which is awesome. So for Jamal and John, we want to thank you for listening, and we'll rap to you again soon. But in the meantime, get out there and watch some movies, read some books, and play some games. Peace.